You ready? Yes. I am Austin Lugo. I'm Andrew Harp. This is With Nothing to Say. Let's talk about Godzilla. So we did attempt to record this episode last week, but I was deathly ill. And I, I really did my best, Andrew, to try to get through it, but I was so, so sick. I think I got like food poisoning or yeah. someone had poisoned me because it was just, I mean, I spent the whole day just like lying in bed trying not to die. But I, I think round two is going to be better. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we just had more time to stew on it. On, yeah, on, yeah. On Godzilla itself. And I think that's, I think that's fine because... Um, I think it's fine to think about it more because it's a, it's a good movie to think about and a good movie to talk about, I think. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So is this the second time you've seen this Godzilla movie or have you seen it more than twice? Yes, I've seen, I, I've seen this movie. This is like the second time I watched it. I think I watched it for the first time probably like a year or two ago. So not too long ago. Um, uh, but yeah, um. <laughs> so I went into this movie with not a whole lot of expectations I mean I knew some of the background I knew of course that it was uh, sort of a critical statement about uh, particularly the atomic bomb and H-bomb and I knew that the American version which we have talked about in the past on here which I did not watch although I guess would be an interesting watch because you've seen the American version right when you say American, do you mean like the one from 2014? Because there are, there are multiple American yeah. versions. I, I guess I should clarify. Um, I've seen the uh, 2014 American version. I guess I mean the American edit of the original Godzilla. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I have. And like, it's probably not worth watching or even like discussing. It's just like, it's just kind of like hilarious how they like edited it um, to where all they do is like intercut like footage of like an American actor guy kind of like reacting to footage that happens in the original movie. Um, it's pretty ridiculous, but I guess that's just how it is. Um, again, it's not even worth talking about. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know we've talked about it on the podcast before, so I, I didn't think we needed to talk much about the American version, but I, I think it's intriguing how sort of the the American representation of Godzilla at least like when we talk about the original Godzilla and sort of how it kind of swept the United States. And this was the beginning of sort of the monster films as it were. I mean, there were monster films before this, but this sort of swept the nation with a craze of monster films, like which would become like the Swamp Thing, Frankenstein, the Mummy, all these kind of but films of the like Warner Brothers 1950s cinematic universe. I, I thought those movies were way before Godzilla. They, I think they are. Those movies are like 30, 40s. I think. I think you're right. But what Godzilla came out in, nine, in 48? Or no, it came out in 54. It came out in 54, 54, right? 54. 1954. 54. Okay. Less than 10 years um, after the bombs were dropped on Hiroshima and That's Nagasaki. Wild. <laughs> that, to me, is like why like i think someone pointed this out on letterbox and i think it's true 
Mm-hmm. I think that is why like movies are just like a a very interesting artistic medium. Just even just that like that idea of like to me like Godzilla is like the perfect like synthesis of like history, entertainment, like spectacle, special effects, filmmaking, heroic sacrifice, just like to me it is like again it's just like the perfect synthesis of all these different things into the film object um there's like nothing else like it in the entire world yeah it's such a raw film and i think that's something i didn't really expect from this piece i mean i knew sort of the anti-war sentiments and i think it is a bit ironic when we talk about godzilla and the many many movies that have come since then and oh, oh, yeah i mean it's the longest running film franchise of all time is it really yeah I, of course it is yeah yeah i guess not really well why do you think godzilla has lasted i mean why do you think are, they're still making godzillas to this day well i think like a movie like godzilla and i think like other godzilla movies too um well especially this movie in particular like i just think that like I think I think it appeal I can appeal to everyone. Um I think a kid could watch Godzilla and enjoy it because it is simple to understand. I think even like an American kid who can't read subtitles would be able to watch it and enjoy it and get it because it's a big monster destroying things and <laughs> the humans are trying to figure out how to stop it. Like that's completely that is very understanding. That is very a child would be able to understand that really well. But I think even into adulthood, as you learn more about history and filmmaking and things like that, there's still plenty to like part and parcel and be entertained by and to think about. So I just think that that is probably like a big part of like why this movie is so good and why it is continued to be appreciated like generation after generation. And like, I know that sequels, and I've watched like some of them, they do get a little bit more on like the silly, kind of like almost science fiction side. Right. And I think those are really cool too. So when you start digging into those, like I, I think they're like a little bit less dark um, than this movie. This movie can be pretty dark. Um, <laughs> although I will even say that like the newest Godzilla, which I saw in theaters, that movie is also pretty. Heavily things going on. It, they're definitely noticeable difference from the original, but it, it definitely leans on less silliness and more kind of like how like crazy the devastation that Godzilla causes and like in in the movie. Um, and sequels, you know, there other monsters get introduced: King Ghidorah, Mothra, right. and they all have they fight each other. They work together on things like <laughs> they kind of have like their own like. Um, like relationships and stuff like that. Yeah. And, but that is entertaining in itself as well. So, yeah. I I love the, the big conflict here because I think what's interesting about this film, and I remember when watching this kind of having almost this Jaws like experience with it. And it's very different than Jaws. And I don't think we should equate the two films because they, they have very different ideology and a lot of different things, but Something that I think is very similar between these two pieces is 
both of these films don't really start and particularly Godzilla we don't really start with our main character I mean of course eventually we get our protagonist who I would argue is the scientist and sort of that whole family dynamic but I mean for 15 to 20 minutes there's no Godzilla I think we see Godzilla for the first time I remember like well, you, well, here. yeah. The thing about Godzilla that's cool is that you hear that he you the sound of him is the first thing you experience in the movie with the yeah, credits. yeah. I, I forgot about that. that. That's a great point. Is sort of like the there's sign this underlying tension of and expectations of kind of knowing what's going to happen before it happens, which is always interesting in film, especially when you're watching films as old as this one, because there are so many expectations laid down on the film but it's not until minute 22 that we actually get our first viewing of godzilla and this isn't a long movie i think it's what like 80 minutes 85 it's like no it's not no it's like it's almost like it's an hour 40 almost okay hour 40 so like closer to 100 minutes but i mean the point is you go for the first 20 minutes to what the first like fourth of the film without ever actually seeing godzilla (laughs) and he's kind of just there they're investigating it yeah yeah yeah, I remember, I love that moment when, which I, I'm sure I've seen this, I can't, I, I know like a bunch of movies have done this like thing, and I'm sure it comes from Godzilla, like it's an homage, but that moment when they're like, they're in like this sort of pit, and they're kind of like utilizing the ra- radiation thing, and he's like, we're actually standing in a footstep of Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great That's moment. great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like when they're on, yeah, they're on the island, like the fucked up island, like where the villagers live and stuff like that. That sucks, you know what I mean, when they're like, yeah, like the well is like, like poison and stuff like that, like that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) It feels bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's a film that I think is a lot more complicated then it's often given credit for not just because like it's not just about this idea of, of killing Godzilla because like the weird part about this is like they have a solution to kill him pretty early in the film. I mean, they don't like reveal that solution, but like we know right. that there's there's ways to kill this thing. And of course, they, they try different things. You know, they, they try like shooting at it and all these different things. But what's fascinating is like the real conflict here isn't trying to destroy Godzilla it's the question of if we should even be attacking this thing in the first place. As I right. was attempting to point out last time we tried to record this conversation, is Godzilla, even though he blows up like a ship at the beginning of the film, yeah. he really only attacks when he's first attacked, right? It's only like when someone... And they comes- destroy, yeah, and they destroy <laughs> where he lives too, essentially, yeah. right? Because right. they're doing the test down there. Mm-hmm. And... And so there's this very real idea of sort of what it means to enact violence upon others and what it means to to cause war. And there's this big conflict here of, you know, when do we respond with violence with violence? And is, is that ever the case? Because that seems to be kind of the movement in most of the films. Everyone's like, okay, it's like first we attacked and Godzilla attacked. Now we're going to get bigger and then they're going to get bigger and so on and so forth. And of course, our protagonist scientist here, which, by the way, one of the greatest uh, actors, in my opinion. uh, Oh, the old guy, the guy who plays the scientist. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Who's in like all of Akira Kurosawa's stuff. Sick. 
<laughs> he's in some of Ozu's stuff. I mean, you know, one of it's, his name is yeah. like um, what's his name? I guess I should probably I know his uh, name. <laughs> oh, Takashi Shimura. Yeah, Takashi. Yeah. Uh, he, he, yeah, he's awesome. It, I guess I don't know. For some reason, I always thought like Godzilla was a B movie, but obviously, I mean, looking at the production is. and the actors involved, yeah. I guess like. There's not a lot of other big name actors in this. Like a lot of the other actors, if you look at their like letterbox, IMDb, most of the stuff they do is Godzilla related, Godzilla sequels. But yeah, Ishiro Onda, like you know, that. you know, I, I will say like Ishiro Onda, who is the director of the movie, he directed yeah. this movie and he directed a fuck ton of Godzilla movies. But he directed all kinds of different movies. He made documentaries, he made dramas, okay. he made comedies. Like he made all kinds of different movies. Okay, so he wasn't just like. I made a Godzilla movie and now I'm going to just make Godzilla movies. I, I think that's definitely his most famous, sure. like, his claim to fame, right? Is that he's the Godzilla director. <laughs> but yeah, he made all kinds of different stuff, I think. Okay. But just seeing him in any role is always exciting. And he gives such yeah, incredible performance here. And a complex performance because he's sort of weighing the destruction and violence that Godzilla is creating, <laughs> right? Godzilla is going through towns. He's breathing fire. I'm guessing is what he's it's doing. uh it, no it's it's see you don't know anything about Godzilla <laughs> it's a it's essentially like a nuclear like blast essentially like it's like it's essentially like akin as if like a nuclear bomb went off or something like that but through his like fire breath blast God, so it's like a so it's even worse than fire because <laughs> okay I just thought like he was radioactive because of the nuclear bombs but like he literally like breathes nuclear well, I, yeah okay. yeah it's like it's like a nuclear yeah it's like how do you know that's that? essentially what it is why would I, I i like godzilla okay but that's not something like, you find out in the movie right like i didn't miss some big part of the movie that's a good point it's not really something that like discuss very much but i just think that like um you know, I think like you could like look at like the devastation that he causes in the movie as not really just fire, right? Like it's even more right. pronounced. Like it's, I would say, and the, the destruction he causes. Absolutely, it's holistic, and I think that's going back to that moment where they're in the footstep is a very good. Representation I think too, like the, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's a good point. Like the footstep, and I think too, like when they're treating people after he destroys everything, some of them have radiation sickness, right? Like yeah. he's like spreading it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's just, I was just going to say, like, it's weird. Like, the Godzilla happens after World War II. It's weird. It's like, it's like a movie that takes place in Japan after World War II. So mm -hmm. there is the context of like the atomic bombs and everything. Yeah. But also, Godzilla is like a representation and of kind of like more of the atomic bomb mm -hmm. and sort of like, sort of like, it's and like sort of like the response of like nature of the atomic bomb and the creation and draw and like use of it like to me that is just like it's just so like you said like complex like it's amazing yeah and and there's something i think when even when we talk about it that and so when so many people sort of have this discussion is of course there's the discussion of the atomic bomb and sort of the atrocities of it and how those the atrocity of the atomic bomb isn't just that sort of one moment right you talk about like the fire bombings or uh these other things that militaries have used for hundreds not thousands of years what makes the atomic bomb so much more devastating is it doesn't just destroy a place for a moment right it's not a place that like yeah. hurts people when it's done it's it has that lasting effect of pretty much you know dozens hundreds of years of not being able to live there or survive there like literally destroying everything 
to exist in that area. And then on top of that, too, when I came into this film, speaking about our own expectations again, is I expected this was like a very anti-American kind of like, you know, shame on you for dropping the atomic bomb, which, of course, like part of it is about that. But then it's also too. But it's like it's way bigger than that, though. Yeah. Like yeah. It's just. Yeah. It's it's so much more about like war in and of itself and what does it mean to cause violence and our response, right? Because I think so much of this film isn't so much about the atomic bomb itself, but the response that we as a culture, we as a country, we as a world respond to those acts of violence. Like, you know, it is the yeah. solution here to when atomic bombs are dropped to drop more atomic bombs, which of course, like this is in the midst 1954 of the cold war i mean it's not to the yeah. point where of course we'll get in like 1960 with the cuban missile crisis but this is a very real thing at the moment and you know soviets kind of creating their thing and the united states is kind of creating what they're going to do and japan's kind of in this weird middle place because you know it, it, um there's been american occupation for a couple of years after the war but i'm pretty sure by and this no point one, yeah yeah there's no and more perspective and of course yeah. their perspective is like you know unique because they actually experienced <laughs> what it was like to like you know have a bomb dropped on them of that you know yeah and, and i think yeah. I, I think that just makes it all the more powerful because the response isn't which I, i've seen in a lot of really well-made films is either the response is just like pure anger and frustration or uh -huh. or a response of just like a, like i talk about like that wagging finger sort of thing but what's so fascinating about this film is instead of going out and blaming right other people instead of going out and saying you did wrong and we're the victim it it's turning inward and saying uh -huh. and not obviously like blaming like the people of japan for the dropping of the two atomic bombs right. but rather like looking inward and like how do we respond to this how do we live with this and yeah what is yeah. the solution here if there is any because it, it also it also yeah in godzilla 2 it also kind of like it also it also creates like this um this really dark but possible hypothetical in which like like for at least from japan the country of japan's perspective like what if like the war and the atomic bombs being dropped what if that was like all for nothing you know because of course japan like they undergo this horrible thing and they're able to rebuild into a, a nation that is particularly influential and powerful right like i think that's fair to say yeah but, like what if like what if like something else happened anyway right you know what if like <laughs> yeah. the rebuilding of japan was like all for naught and like everything it would like what if like something even crazier happened where an indestructible like as a result of you know our humans you know folly of you know weapons and war and destruction what if like that resulted in like the earth and nature something which is essentially more or less um you know um indecipherable honestly to humans what if like it it, it responded in the form of like an indestructible giant lizard dinosaur guy <laughs> and it, it just destroyed everything again anyway you know and, and that kind of like hypothetical you know you know it, it kind of like is a representation of kind of like the post world war ii like japanese anxiety i would say yeah 100 percent, absolutely and 
I, I made this comparison to Jaws earlier, and, and I kind of want to harken back to that because so much of this film, which I did not expect, <clears throat> is very bureaucratic. Like it's a lot of bureaucracy. Yeah, that's the point going of the, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's almost like the point of the movie too, really, mm-hmm. because like yeah, Godzilla is awesome. We were talking about Godzilla and stuff, and he's great. He's awesome. <laughs> And, and, and you know when he shows up on screen he's great but the bureaucracy the government like bureaucracy and kind of like the the meetings and discussions that they hold and stuff like that like to like figure out how to stop godzilla and like all this stuff or whether like you said whether or not they should attack him like that's like a that is like most of the movie i would say yeah i mean you could argue that in many ways this is really much more a political drama than yeah. it is like a upfront even more than a war drama or a, a it's like high and low <laughs> yeah it's like high and low or something like that yeah. it weirdly is yeah <laughs> i mean you wouldn't think like this would be fascinating you know film watching but i mean when you think about it there's not really a whole lot of scenes with godzilla i mean there are some really amazing scenes and you know just taking a moment to admire the special effects of this 1954 film that has effects that even today are are fascinating and the way godzilla looks is really cool i'm guessing they use is it like a combination of like stop motion and like rear projection i was trying to like of godzilla yeah like godzilla himself he's like is it like a stop motion or is it like a guy in a suit is it it's a what guy in a it? suit, motherfucker. Okay. Like, yeah, like <laughs> that's like the most famous part about it. Yeah, no, it's the it's the oh, you know. So Godzilla is interesting because like I was clicking around on the Wikipedia page of the movie. I'm saying, and uh, the guy who did this special effects, this guy named E.G. Suba, um, Subayura, Subayara, right? Yeah. Um, sure. He is like a very very. I was like poking around on his wikipedia page and he is like i never really knew about his name until we like we're gonna do the episode and he is like a very famous and influential like movie special effects and inventor guy and in fact i believe it's funny you say rear projection i believe he was the first person to ever utilize like rear projection in a movie (laughs) he also invented um a basically like the prototype for um camera cranes like wow. he, eventually, he eventually he essentially invented the prototype for that, and of course he did the special effects in this movie. Yeah, and of course, and of course, like the, you know, the suit, the guy wearing the big Godzilla suit. In in sequels, it's more apparent. It's more apparent that it's a guy in a suit, of course. Right. Um. And even there is even some shots in this movie where you can kind of see it kind of fold. Mm-hmm. You know, where you can kind of see like the rubber suit fold. Um. But in this movie in particular, the way that they light it and the black and white photography. Um, I think it just it looks great. I I wouldn't I wouldn't think of any other like I wouldn't I don't know what else you would have done to improve it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's truly exceptional and we don't often talk about special effects on the show because neither of us are, are experts in that field. That's definitely one of the areas probably that we are weakest in. But uh, the use of miniatures is fantastic, whether you're talking yeah. like building whole villages or trains or all these different things like it's truly amazing and even if it is sort of like a little more noticeable to the eye to the you know acute eye of the 21st century film goer it it still just looks amazing and at the end of the day it doesn't really matter i mean we've talked about like special effects that like don't look great but 
work anyways but i think in this like it legitimately not just for like a 1954 film but just for a film period like it looks really good especially like that i'm Mm -hmm. trying to figure out like how they get that like fire special effect you know like when he's like breathing that's a good point i wonder if it's just like uh like uh like um like a layer i guess like i don't even know how you would say it you know what i mean Yeah, yeah like where they laid the film on top of yeah, like an animation almost. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it's such a cool effect uh, among so many amazing effects. And then I think where so many people struggle with miniatures is they kind of stick with the miniature for long periods of time. But I think part of the reason this works, and I think of that moment where he's attacking the city and it cuts between a miniature of a house and then the inside of the house, the interior where like the three of them yeah, are. That that are works standing. really well. I think that yeah. works really well because then then you're like in your mind right you've created that illusion of like oh no this really is like us mm-hmm. like a, a house in a city and and yeah. great like rain effects and wind effects too it honestly like mm-hmm. you go on and on about the special effects yeah so and, amazing. I, 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 and i think if you're watching the movie and you're like if you're if you're watching the movie and you just like are just like I can imagine like watching this movie with like someone who's like really cynical and be like, oh, that looks really fake or da 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 or oh, it's clearly a guy in a suit. Da, 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 da. I think if you have, I think if you're watching the movie and you're having those thoughts, I think you're completely like missing the point. You know, <laughs> like you're completely like you've lost like you've lost like the plot of like what of how like gargantuan like the movie actually like does feel and look. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and again, like those Godzilla moments are so powerful because they sort of are few and far between. I mean, I'm trying yeah. to think back. Like, there's only three, four Godzilla scenes in the movie. Probably, yeah. Yeah, because again, most of the movie is just people, which doesn't sound exciting, but like in the moment, it is like very thrilling. Just people sitting around talking about like, what are we gonna do? How are we supposed to? survive with this and the existential crisis of he is sort of causing great destruction and the way they sort of like decide and and like that that one scientist i I love his conflict the nephew i guess of like the professor i think or like nephew-in-law he's like marrying i think i think yeah like yeah the the old scientist like he has the daughter and she has like you know the the he's like an officer like an army guy yeah her boyfriend or and or husband husband or something like that or like a boyfriend they want to get married yeah and then that guy has a brother who's also a scientist okay, yeah, who's the guy with Sarah's <laughs> who's who's Sarizawa, the guy with the eye patch um who's a great character as well and of course ties the movie really great together because like right godzilla his he's the result of right like the atomic bomb and stuff like that and of course he the way that he is now physically and probably, you know, mentally is the result of the war as well. Yeah. I, I never really thought about that, but that is a great point. And sort of the horror of it is that like, he has a solution pretty early in the film. Like he knows what to do, but he's terrified right. to release that in the world. So it's that yeah. anxiety. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Which is like anxiety. Yeah, I mean, it's just like seeps this film, which I I did not expect from this film is like just the amount of like anxiousness and worry that comes with it. And, you know, I I thought this was going to be a film about like, how do we fight this or how do we live past this? Right. How do we survive this? But it's so much more like um, 
it's almost like a, a discovery of a new atomic bomb, basically, like the thing that he discovered, right. the, the way that like, which I'm like, I'm not a chemist, but I'm not exactly sure that's it how, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Not the point. Yeah. <laughs> right. But basically, like he can release, he can release all the oxygen in like a large yeah, area. It like, it, it, it makes her like acidic, essentially. Like, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's a crazy idea and i love it <laughs> i mean it's absolutely <laughs> wild but like he has the yeah. solution so early on but he's like i can't like i can't tell you the secret and you can't tell anybody this because yeah. like the moment we release this idea into the world and I, I love that what he was saying is like you know it it's not just like when i release this like other people will like figure out how to do it themselves it's that like they will come to me and i because like Simply because the fact that I am human, like I will reveal that secret eventually, like whether it's because of money or torture, or whatever. And like, that's inevitable. Yeah. This like an inevitable, like reach towards like the next level success. And of course it's kind of paralleling what was happening during the 1940s and the Manhattan project, right? This idea of like all these great minds, these great scientists coming together and sort of how, uh, while like we, we think of this idea of the Manhattan Project is like, wow, you know, you have the greatest minds in human history coming together, like to, you know, think about like physics and, and chemistry and all yeah. these different things. But then like they create one of the cruelest and most evil things and how the progression of humanity is simultaneously like beautiful and haunting and terrifying. And he's kind of has the same thing going on where like, you know, he's doing this for science, but then like, well, but what is that science for? Like that science inevitably it's going to lead to destruction. Right. Yeah, no. And again, like, I just love, like, I just love, like, what that character kind of, like, represents and what he's all about and stuff like that. And I just, like, I, I just find, like, too, like, the whole, like, sort of, like, end part of the movie, like, really moving as well, mm. um, where they try to convince him, finally, to uh, use the weapon to uh, destroy Godzilla where they like turn on the TV and stuff like that. Cause it's just like, like, look at this. Shit. <laughs> like, you know, he's just kind of like, like, it's just kind of, he, he kind of has to, you know, be exposed. And also I just love, like, I love like the choir of like the, the, the girls, right? Like they're like, yeah, children. And they're like singing the song <laughs> again. That's it. It's just like another great, like cinematic moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh like using that to convince him like he's like we're like watching a movie and in order to convince him to like it's weird like we're watching the movie and in order to convince the guy um Serizawa to like use his like weapon to defeat Godzilla he has to like watch the events of the movie essentially <laughs> he has to watch the he has to watch what has happened in the movie so far yeah <laughs> and i think what's also interesting is there's not any good solution to this situation because as they point out like godzilla is fundamentally a problem i mean he is causing mass destruction and obviously like their solution with the tanks and the missiles it is only perpetuating the problem but again like if you're attacked and you're trying to like save you know your your family your culture your yeah. people 
like, of course, you would do the same thing. How else are you supposed to react to that? And that's kind of the argument yeah. that they make to the old professor because he's like, you know, we should be studying him. And they're like, this guy's like, you know, killing people and murdering like, you know, large amounts of, of people and, you know, ruining entire cities like these harbor, harbor cities. Like we can't we can't just study him. Although there is that, of course, great line, arguably one of the greatest lines in cinematic history. Yeah. Do you know which line I'm talking about? No. Okay. I, I want to say the line right, but I know I'm not going to say it right. Just say it verbatim. He, he says something like... Or, you know, paraphrase it. Right. Uh, he was born in the... Oh, like the fire of... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That line goes so hard. I know what you're talking about. I know yeah. what you're talking about. He was like born in the fire of like the atomic bomb or, some, or something, something like, like that. that. Like, that something, oh, he was baptized. Good... He was baptized. Baptized, yes. Baptized. So well. The use of the word baptize is like, that is one of the hardest lines in movie history. I completely agree with you. <laughs> oh my God. Like I hear you hear that line, you're like, that's... Oh... Oh. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh but again, you know, like we like we discussed, like the movie is like again, like it I, I the spectacle of it is great, but it is a lot of like sitting around and talking. Mm -hmm. Like especially the beginning, like you said, where they go, they like talk about going to the island and then they go to the island and then they talk again about what they found at the island and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's really just kind of like using what like it, it is like a movie that is very like close to the like ground and is like trying to say like what like what like hypothetically if this happened what would they do right yeah and like you know they build a huge electric fence that seems like that they would seems like a solution that they would maybe it's like a good like, idea do in real life <laughs> yeah like if that seems like a solution that they would try to come up with in real life but what if like nothing worked you know <laughs> and it just like kept on getting worse and worse in the new movie minus one which is a good movie okay they do an interesting thing where it's basically the original movie essentially Oh, okay. Um, like more or less. Mm -hmm. Like it happens after World War II, and Godzilla appears and he destroys a lot of things. But instead of like the government doing anything about it, what happens is is that like the main the characters of the movies are like the government isn't going to do anything. They aren't going to, um, like they're going to pretend they're going to like try to not like they keep saying that 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 the government is just going to like not do anything so they don't um create any um panic um and so we right. like people basically like veterans of world war ii we'll have to come together to form our own separate group to find a way to destroy um godzilla but they like use like all they have like all the same stuff like they have like giant boats and like they use airplanes mm. and all this stuff so it's essentially like the same like it's the same essentially the same like infrastructure that yeah. that the army and government has like in the original movie but for some reason they decide like to make the decision for it not to be the government but to be basically again like veterans of World War II that are like disenfranchised with the government. So is Godzilla minus 1 okay I two questions about this. First of all it, so is it a period piece then? Does it take place yes, like Yes it that? is. Okay. And then is it a Japanese film? Yes. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure because I saw it showing like in theaters near us, and that and it typically like they don't shoot completely in Japanese. Okay, that's awesome. That's cool that they showed that because you know Reno isn't exactly famous for showing a lot of you know in 
not indie films, but foreign films of any kind. So that's cool that that film has such a wide release. And I think that's, of course, partly due to the recent Godzilla films, which I know there's another. Yeah, they got one where it's like it's like it's like Godzilla and King Kong together doing their (laughs) thing. Right. And and again, I, I guess that's an important piece of history. Like Godzilla is essentially like Japan's response to King Kong. Because yeah. King Kong came out in the 30s, and then mm-hmm. but then I think it had a resurgence of popularity in the 50s, and so Japanese producers were like, "We should make our own King Kong, sort of." Um, and yeah, yeah, and I I think it's such like, I love the Godzilla King Kong thing because they're both such like fascinating representations of their cultures, like the way America sort of sort of sees itself and and how yeah. like. Japan sees yeah. themselves in like these these different monsters and how they're like the reflections of sort of the 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 worst parts of ourselves and the parts that we kind of want to be hidden and the parts we kind of wish we could destroy. I mean, especially uh-huh. like when I think of like King Kong and sort of like this giant um yeah, right. Ape ape, ape that um they steal from Africa, I think pretty much. Yeah, exactly, they right? Take it from like Africa. it, it yeah. it's literally like the original King Kong is yeah. basically like about the slave trade. I mean I, it, I like I like the original King of Kong. It. It's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> Another but like, I think I prefer I think I prefer Godzilla. I think so too. I mean, I understand like they're both representations of their own cultures and times and history and and certainly like I mean, you kind of think of like King Kong as sort of a what, like the white man's guilt or like that that kind of like um yeah. you know i mean very sort of literal interpretation of like you know the slave trade and, and the, all of the complications that come with it but then you know godzilla i think kind of has that extra layer because there's something <clears throat> sort of more modern about it where like the american like we're looking at something that like happened you know they're looking at it through like the the lens of the past where Godzilla is looking at yeah, it. Like, the, like more Godzilla like, is so immediate. Like, yeah. It's very <laughs> immediate. Like it, it, the responses. Yeah. To mm-hmm. the uh, world war two. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are multiple King Kong versus right. Godzilla movies. Like um, the, there are a couple old ones, but I haven't seen them yet. Mm-hmm. I really need to. Yeah. It's, I thought about watching a couple for this, but the only Godzilla movies I've seen well, now is the original, and then I remember I saw the 2014 one when it came out, but yeah, that's it. But honestly, I don't really remember much about the 2014 one. Like thinking it's back, a good movie. I can't. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I remember being a good movie, but I can't remember like the sequels are good too. I think for the most okay. part. Yeah, I think those movies are good. Um. And from what I've seen from the Godzilla sequels are good. Although the, the movie that they come out with right after, like the, the movie that Japan produces and makes like the sequel basically to Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember anything about it. I watched it probably like a, probably not too <laughs> long ago, probably like a year ago. I don't remember anything about it, but um, the other day I watched Mothra versus Godzilla and that movie was kick-ass. It was really cool. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's crazy. They have like the old Godzilla movies, which, but all the old Godzilla movies, which I think are called like the Showa Godzilla movies, right? Um, are very accessible. There are like a multiple streaming services, okay, um, which is great. But then once I think you get into like the eighties and nineties and two thousands Godzilla movies, um, they're very inaccessible, which <laughs> is disappointing because I've heard those are really cool too. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, before my 
computer runs out of battery. I'm looking at about 20% now. Should probably wrap up this conversation. That way we get the Okay. The full effect. <laughs> I mean, we still talked for like 40 minutes, so it's not like we didn't. I feel yeah. like we got a good grasp of this film, but do you want to get? We didn't your... talk about the ending. Okay, let's 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 do the ending. Well, I was just gonna say thoughts. like the ending is like I was gonna say like the ending is kind of like King Kong, where even though King Kong and Godzilla are like terrible and like kind of mindless creatures that destroy everything, yeah, when they die, it's kind of sad. <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's like yeah. an element of like, oh, that kind of sucks. Like, it's not like a triumphant moment. And it's extra, obviously, it's extra. It's also not super triumphant because the guy sacrifices himself. Yeah. Oh, my God. That. Okay. I know I said we should wrap it up, but I, I do want to talk about those underwater scenes because those. Yeah. They're cool. They look fucking amazing. I mean, it looks like. It looks like they're underwater. I, I, I mean, you can shoot underwater. Like, they had the technology yeah. to shoot underwater by this point. So I'm guessing, like, they fucking went underwater because it looks amazing. And I remember reading a review on Letterboxd about, like, how this is sort of, like, a reflection of how, like, Japan, like, had to interact with the world or how, like, the world itself was interacting. Like, everything's kind of in slow motion. Like, you know how when you're underwater, yeah. like, the harder you try to move, <laughs> yeah. like, the slower you go, right? And they have this, like, super heavy equipment. And, and it's just, like... Yeah. It's so, like, haunting. And it just feels like you're stuck, you know? Like, you're in this molasses, as it <laughs> were. And that's kind of feels like the moment the world is in, where it's, like, we're trying really hard as... It's, like, stuck in time. Yeah, like, we're we're stuck in this moment. And the harder we try to move forward, right, the more we're kind of stuck in it and sort of this idea of like burying our past and trying to forget about it yeah like doesn't do anything like it's still there still exists the radiation the trauma all of it and well, yeah, yeah. Just... and then but yeah and then sarazawa his response of course is to kill himself right like he he destroys yeah. himself for the good of just just killing godzilla ending that but also taking the his weapon with him yeah. right because now no one will have it because he believes that like us as humans like we're we're fundamentally flawed and you know whether yeah. for whatever reason like he as we talked about earlier like he's going to reveal that secret and so the only way that secret stays with him is if he sacrificed yeah. himself in that moment and it's a beautiful beautiful moment and a haunting moment i think it's haunting in a lot more ways than king kong i mean of course that king kong moment is sad but in this like because you're not only killing godzilla but you know he's destroying an entire yeah. like micro ecosystem right because then that's the point he makes like it won't just kill him it'll kill like everything in the surrounding area and this is a this is a harbor town right this is the town that survives off of fishing and these sorts of things sure so, yeah like, yeah you've basically you know sure you've saved the town quote unquote but like how is the town going to survive when like everything depends on this harbor and now like everything in the harbor is killed for mm -hmm. i don't who knows how long right it doesn't that's not really clear, but <laughs> it's a haunting and terrible moment, and it begs the question of like, what was, what was the point? Like, you know, was even like destroying him the right move? Like, was that the right decision? And I don't think there's any good answer. Like, it's not to say like, oh, they did the again. Right it's thing not like a triumph. It's not even like a happy triumphant ending. It's just kind of like, eh, well, I guess that's <laughs> over with. Now what? Like. <laughs> Yeah. 
I forgot about those underwater. I don't know how I forgot about that because I, I remember like being in that moment and being like, oh, fuck, that is. The music during that part is also oh. fucking crazy. Oh, my God. Oh, good. <laughs> I like the theme, too. Like that kind of like the Jaws theme, right? Like the theme where yeah. Godzilla is destroying thing. Classic, just classic, iconic music. Oh, it's just truly amazing. Okay. Now we, re- we really should wrap it up because I'm. Yeah, go ahead. I'm quickly. Okay. <laughs> So I think this is a film with a lot of expectations pressed onto it. I mean, as you pointed out, Godzilla is the longest running movie franchise in film history, or at the very least, one of the longest, if not the longest. And there's just so much history when you think about all of the many films that were made about this and sort of the Americanization of this film and uh, the different interpretations throughout the world of Godzilla. And so you, I sort of come in this film with like a lot of ideas of what Godzilla is, not only from being a little kid and, you know, thinking about like that Godzilla, but then like as an adult and learning these different things and coming from like a cinematic history and understanding sort of the complexities of, of course, like post-war Japan and all these different things. But even with all of those expectations, I still didn't expect the film I got. And I very much love that. Like, it still felt like a very raw and personal experience. I think this can be something that's very hard to do in these sort of political or war dramas or monster movies. Whatever genre you want to arbitrarily put this into is often these films feel so big that we kind of lose that personal element. But I don't think that happens here, even though sort of our main characters, they're sort of a lot of times on the sidelines. I mean, of course, they're the ones that eventually destroy the monster, but like they're not the ones directly affected by it yet. It feels incredibly personal. And I think part of it, of course, is because this film is released just, uh, it's released nine years after. So it was created even right, even eight or seven years after the bombing, which is, it's crazy to think that people who witnessed this atrocities would now go to the theater for this experience I mean, <laughs> that, that yeah, is, amazing. is truly wild and, and such a, a representation of, of the the world and, and the culture of japan at this moment in time and all the anxieties and fears and and just from a film perspective i mean beautiful great cinematography incredible special effects beautiful sound design wonderful music uh some really incredible performances by uh, some of my favorite actors here so easily a, a nine out of ten for me i'm willing to go a step above and say that it's like a 10 out of 10 for me wow. just because like i really do think like it is the perfect synthesis of like all these different things um there's just nothing like it you know i just don't i can't really think of anything else like it you know there's been plenty of like you know you got the new godzilla out you got oppenheimer which Sure. is definitely a, an amazing movie about the atomic bomb but you know i don't think there's any like meditation about the atomic bomb that's as astute and perfect as god the original godzilla movie like we've watched other movies too like grave of the fireflies which is another good one about that mm-hmm. um but again like i just don't think that there's any other movie that does it perfectly and as accessibly as this one where again i think anyone in the world at any point in time would be able to appreciate this movie for what it is at whatever age is what i'm saying like so and that's hard to do considering how heavy the subject matter is um so yeah to me 
this is what like movies are all about. You know, I just think I wouldn't change anything about it. So definitely a 10 out of 10. Wow. Amazing. All right, y'all. Uh, you can find everything I do at Austin Lugo. Yeah, I'm on Letterbox at Retro Andrew, R-A-T-R-0, Andrew. And you can find this podcast wherever you hear podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at With Nothing to Say. You can also find us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash with nothing to say. And thank you all for listening.